is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Art Bennett with us. Art Bennett is a uh, speaker. He's a licensed and marriage family therapist in the Diocese of Arlington. He's a father of four, has eight grandchildren, and family and marriage matters to him. He's given his life in service to the vocation as a marriage and family therapist. So, And he's also uh, written a number of books with his wife, Lorraine Bennett, including The Temperament God Gave You, a book on listening, a book on marriage. They're on Amazon to look them up. So a special welcome to you, Art. Thank you very much, Father. It's great to be here. What a blessing. So the topic for today we're going to be talking about is hope and healing for marriages and families. Hope and healing for marriages and families. And the first segment, we're going to talk specifically about marriage. And one of the things that, that, that I've learned from you over the years is that first, your advice, there are skills that you need to continually practice in marriage to grow in, the, in, in your vocation of marriage. Can you speak a little bit to that? Sure, sure, Father. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the, the major vocation both for marriages and families is to love. So I guess you could argue in St. Paul that's, that's the vocation everybody has, whether your families or not. So the question I think always is how to bring the most love into the family and into the marriage. And psychiatrist, Dr. Kevin Major, he breaks love into two things. I think this is very helpful. Uh, love is, is strengthening our bonds. So I want to strengthen the bonds or attachments to everybody, uh, to my spouse. Let's talk about marriage, my spouse. And then the other, I want to serve. I want to do things for her. And she wants to do things for me out of love. So we want to bond out of love and we want to help each other out of love. And, that, and these are things we want to grow in throughout the years and decades of our marriage to be better at bonding and to be better at helping each other and serving each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I remember you had shared with me some years ago about, I think it was the Gottlieb study that studied that, oh, yeah, the that Gott- marriages uh-huh. were just, were yes, yeah, speak more about that that study and, and the insights that came from that study. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, the Gottmans have always done a lot of research, so we're always grateful for scientists out there they find and they wanted to study what was the difference between happy couples and unhappy couples and let me tell you first of all what was not a distinguishing thing so they did the research and they discovered that for example health happy couples are not healthier necessarily than unhappy couples because sometimes they think oh if i get sick or you get sick it's the end of the world well it might be the end of the world might be difficult but it doesn't have that big of an impact on happiness another thing oftentimes people think is going to increase their happiness in marriage is to have a lot of money, to have a lot of security and finances and resources. And Gottman's study didn't show that. Now, it did show if you're really on the bottom, if you're like getting up every day and you have such horrible stress about paying your bills, that does hurt your marriage. But outside of that class of people, let's say the 10% on the bottom, money didn't have much impact either. So what did? And they found something that all the happy couples shared and really none of the unhappy couples shared. By the way, happy, unhappy, they, they said, would you... Are you happy in your marriage, and would you do it again? And if you said, yes, I'm happy, and I do it again, that's a happy couple. The thing they found, which was common to the happy couples, was a five-to-one ratio of positive interactions to negative. 
So mm -hmm. if you decided to criticize your wife because she spends too much, you needed, according to the Gottmans, to have five very overt comments that would keep that from being too dominating, which might include, wow, that was a great dinner. Thank you, sweetheart. Or you look fantastic in that sweater today. Or, you know, I just woke up today thinking how blessed I am to be married to you. Or here, come over here, sit next to me, let's talk. So the Gottman say you have to have a really an abundance, I think, Father, of overt appreciation. And mm -hmm. love is more like eating than it's like some other things. Somebody be like, okay, on January 1st, I'll tell you I love you, and I'll tell you again a year later. That ain't going to work. Uh, any more than if you only ate on January 1st, you'd starve. Love is more like that. It needs constantly to be reset. That's why we read the Psalms and the prayers of the church. It's constantly, every day, we should ask, tell God how much we love him. So it's the same principle in marriage, being overt about appreciation. And it has a tremendous asset of strengthening marriages to be overt mm -hmm. about appreciation. By the way, it doesn't mean you make stuff up. No, no reason to lie. It's sometimes for some of us who are a little more pessimistic, like myself, Sometimes I have to really sharpen my eyes to look for good. Maybe I don't see it as easily as some other people. But that's my business, and that's my responsibility to find the good and to announce my appreciation of it. And it strengthens marriages in the, in the research. Because mm -hmm. it, it could be easy to think about, like, what's wrong with something. And it's easier. Anybody can complain about something or this is awful, but it takes an eyes of faith to say, actually, there's good things. And again, today and within marriage, even when a person's imperfect, yeah, if I can look and, and, and encourage them to affirm them. I remember Pope Francis talked about this where he said, what are three things he was speaking to uh, engaged couples or something? He says, there's three phrases you all need to learn. <laughs> you need, to, you need to, to say please, thank you, and I'm sorry <laughs> more often. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's a, you know, that, it sounds, sometimes we're suspicious of practical advice because it seems too simple. But boy, when you feel tested and try it, these things are really tried and true. And I think it's a bit of a habit. Some of us have the habit, I would certainly put myself in that category, where my temperament is a melancholic, to maybe notice the negative and mm -hmm. focus on that too much. But it's, some of it's a, it's a product of focus and, and habits mm -hmm. I've acquired. And as I've been married longer and longer, I see there's so much bang for the buck. There's so much asset to compliment and to praise and to thank that it just creates so much goodwill and, and strengthens a marriage. So I've tried to learn some new habits. I mean, I know one thing I've talked about, I, I learned enthusiasm from my wife. I was, I grew up in a family where of divorce and in divorce, usually kids in a divorce family learn pretty clearly to not be too enthusiastic because if you're enthusiastic when you see mom, dad won't be happy. Enthusiastic when you see dad, mom's going to be jealous. So you just kind of learn the best way to navigate through a family is with less enthusiasm. Well, boom, then I, I get married, and my wife likes it when I compliment her, likes it when I tell her. And I had to learn that. I had to learn mm -hmm. to not be demure, to not be auditing life, but to be an enthusiastic participant who said, I like this. That's great. And at first, it felt so awkward. almost felt a little mm -hmm. bit artificial because I wasn't used to it. I was used to being critical, not enthusiastic. But then as the years go by, you learn it, and then it becomes a new way of being. And then also you see the return. Oh, my gosh, a marriage is better when I show appreciation than it does when I'm carping or being overly critical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I, I almost, I think that there's something about that keeps a marriage from being stunted is be interested in things they're interested in, even if it doesn't interest you. <laughs> I mean, that would be the case of, in marriage or in children that it goes a long way. I don't know what's your experience of that, of helping. Oh, oh absolutely. That, uh, yeah, there was a study just recently, though, 
I just read a European study, I think it was what mums want, M-U-M-S, kind of the British term for mothers. And they did conclude that if a couple goes out to something they both enjoy, mm -hmm. as opposed to, okay, we'll go to this restaurant, it's your favorite restaurant, or I like Churchill movies, so we'll go see war movies, and she doesn't like them. But he, he, the study said if you really make a point saying, so what's the restaurants we both like, what are the movies we both like, let's go do that, that that has a tremendous asset because then you're kind of basking in the bilateral joy for each other. However, that being said, that's a golden thing, but also sometimes it's very important just because it's your child or your spouse to, to partake. I'll give you an example. One of my kids, only one of my kids played football for four years. And my wife, who knows nothing about football still, we went to eight games a year. They had 10 games every year. She would go to eight of them dutifully watch and cheer on her son, having no idea what's going on and no interest really, except that that's our son out there. He mm -hmm. likes to see us in the audience. We want to be with him. So to this day, Lorraine had never gone to a, a, a football game until he played football for four years. Since he's retired, wow. you know, he left high school and now he's an adult, she's never gone to another one and probably never will. <laughs> she has no interest in no interest in football, but a tremendous interest in my son. And that's why we went. And so that was a Great modeling by my, by my wife of showing love by stretching herself into an area she had no interest in because she loved him. And that's how she expressed her love. And he really appreciated it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Even though she asked and, him, even though she asked some pretty embarrassing questions sometimes, like who's got the ball? <laughs> and who's winning, even those scores right in front of her. But, uh, so I think that's a good example. You do, you do things out of love and, it, and, and you do it because you love somebody. You do it for them. Yeah. But I think you can get it both ways where you do things that you're both couples, particularly couples, we both love this. Let's do it. And, mm -hmm. and because we love it, let's do it, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it does seem that it can kind of stunt a marriage if you're like, well, that's your thing. I'm not, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And that idea of maybe you're not doing it all the time, but that sense of certainly kind of what love does is you can grow right. in, in, in have an appreciation or love for what someone else loves, even if it's not something, even if it's not your favorite thing, they can go a long way in, in strengthening the marriage, yeah. It's really mm -hmm. true. I really like kind of NBA basketball. My wife, as far as I can tell, no interest in it at all. But I've never, <laughs> ever heard her say, oh, are you doing, are you watching basketball again? That's stupid. That's silly. I mean, she has no interest in it. She knows I do. And I've always felt that she doesn't want to sit down and watch watch with me for more than 30 seconds or a minute, for God's sakes. But she always respected that I liked it. I think reciprocally, my wife has tons of, I hate to think how much money we've made and had to spend on cookbooks. She loves to get new ideas <laughs> on cookbooks. Well. I've, I've never looked at one. I just I just put the money in the pot and that's where it goes to. But I, you know, I, I benefit from all these great things that she does, but I have no interest in these cooking books. So there's, mm -hmm. there's an example where we, we, we respect each other. We don't have to like all the things. Now, fundamental things, though, you do want like, you know, your faith, how to raise your kids, what is the ideals of life. You want some agreement there. But outside of that, there's plenty of room for respecting the differences, so to speak. But respect is important. Respect mm -hmm. is important. Even though I, we don't share the same interest, I can respect yours. And it's, uh, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. We were blessed to have Art Bennett with us talking about hope and healing for marriages and families. In our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about hope and healing within families and with children in, in healthy habits. These are habits that people can grow in to have healthy marriages and families. So we'll be back in a moment. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio.
Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Despite the challenges of the global COVID-19 pandemic, St. John Regional Catholic School in Frederick, which serves grades pre-K to 8th grade, has managed to increase its student enrollment from 466 students in the fall of 2020 to 608 students in January 2022. Dr. Annette Jones, who took on leadership of the school as principal in 2020, noted St. John Regional was able to open classes successfully for in-person learning for the 2020-2021 academic year while maintaining a safe environment. At the beginning of the 2020-21 academic year, 65% of the St. John's Regional student body enrolled in in in-person classes, and 35% participated in at-home learning, whereas by the end of the same academic year, 82% attended in-person and 18% at home. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Listening to others is the first essential ingredient of good communication and condition of genuine dialogue, Pope Francis said. Quote, communication does not take place if listening has not taken place, and there is no good journalism without the ability to listen, he said in his message for World Communications Day. It is necessary to listen for a long time, he said. It is essential to know how to listen, to be ready to change one's mind, to modify one's initial assumptions. The message was released January 24th, the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, the patron saint of journalists. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review... I'm Kevin Parks. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan, a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Art Bennett with us. Our topic is hope and healing for marriages and families. And welcome back, Art. Thank you, Father. It's great to be back. So we want to talk a little bit about challenges that families are facing. Can you speak a little bit more specifically about, obviously, the importance of, of, of being more present within families? I mean, it's tough with the distractions of technology. Uh, what are you seeing out there and what recommendations do you have that families can have some more intentional time together and more present to one another? Father, I think uh, just bringing this up is a really good point. I think there's a sense sometimes of helplessness that I'm so distracted all the time it's very tempting to, to put at least a big, big share of this on cell phones. I, I just know myself, even if I kind of pull up my cell phone in the morning and I kind of go through the liturgy of the hours and I, let's say I see a word I don't know or a reference to a geographical place. So then I go into Google real quickly, right? I want to look up that place. Boy, as soon as I go to Google, what's Google? Google wants to remind me that I love NBA basketball. I hear the scores from last night. Uh, Google knows where I am politically. It'll have some articles in my politics and stuff. So before you know it, I'm doing the liturgy of hours. I went to look up a word, and I'm now way down looking at the NBA and looking at this kind of political thing. I've just been distracted. I've just been taken away from my prayer and my attention, and I'm off to the races. And so that's very aggressive that it pulls me away that much. But I think we have to be much more intentional about being what they call just call it mindful and being attentive. And I think this also happens in the house, in our families. We, we're missing each other. We're distracted by a variety of things that keeps us from being our best and keeps us from bonding the way we want to. Mm-hmm. And, and the opposite of distraction is the, the habit of being more present to ourselves, obviously more present to God, more present to, in your, to a spouse or to your family. But what does that look like? And are, do you have any suggestions for just good habits within marriage and family life? I, I, I do, and, and, but just the way you're ask, asking, I really love. It's like 
what can I do about this? It's like if we pull the oars in, I think we will be pretty radically distracted. So what are some things we can do? Well, one is, I saw this just the other day, don't text anybody in the house. Does that sound obvious? Go and find them and talk to them directly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how about engender an an encounter? Don't just see other people as sources of information, but see them as people you want to encounter. I think it's Mm -hmm. being intentional about bonding. It's like maybe it's just here. Let's have a family say, all right, this week, maybe this day, I'm going to bond with every one of my kids. And let's say I'm a dad, I'm in my late 40s, and I have a daughter who's five or six. We don't have a whole lot in common. Maybe I'll say, you know, I'm going to spend five minutes with her today where I won't ask her to do anything. I won't demand anything. I'm just going to hang out with her and say, hey, what do you want to play with? What do you want to do right now? And just let her have that five or ten minutes of me being with her. Psychologically, that has tremendous assets for kids. But you might have to do it intentionally because, you know, you've got work to do. You've got stuff going on as well. The other thing is I like to, when I'm at my best and I go out to dinner with my wife, I leave the cell phone in the car. I don't bring it with me. I don't oh, go to no. the sports bars because there's 10 TVs there, and I, and I right, miss right. all the sports. I, I, I love mm-hmm. my wife, but I, I get automatic responses and distraction. So she's not getting my she's not getting my full attention. She's getting just partial. Mm-hmm. And love love doesn't survive really on that. You know, the, the church has been very good about this, trying to start our day with a reflection, a meditation, I guess, and sometimes even contemplation if you get really into it, where you just kind of focus on God and maybe the gospel or something. And I think the church was way ahead of the science on this, that this centers us, gets us out of being fear-based and anxiety-based and really gets us connected to God. And then from there, we live our lives with more, with, with the grace of God, the presence of God, and we're better people and we manage things better. I think we have to bring these kind of practices back. One, one thing is funny, Father, even just eight or 10 years ago, when you went for a job interview, you talked about how you could multitask. But if you go to a job interview today and you start bragging about multitasking, that interviewer is going to say, another distracted knucklehead I don't need. I want to know, can you focus on anything, anything? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, many of us can't. We've lost the art of paying attention. And so I think we have to reacquire. Psychologists call it mindfulness, deliberately putting all your attention into the present moment. I like to think of in the Hail Mary, we ask Mary, pray for us sinners now. Not later, not yesterday, not tomorrow. <laughs> Pray for us sinners mm-hmm. now, right now, and the hour of our death. You might argue the only certainties and realities of life, actually the only realities of life is right now and that we're going to die. So it's almost like when we're talking to Mary, she's just too busy to, to distract her with all sorts of nonsense. Can you, can you help me experience the now and, be, and can you help me experience my death? And so that kind of wisdom, I think, is what you want to bring into our, our family lives too. Like, okay, I'm doing something, but my child walks in the room. Boom, I need to drop what I'm doing and say, hey, sweetheart, what's up? What's mm-hmm. up? And that would be saying, because the bond, the bond with my family is the most important thing. So mm-hmm. I welcome that distraction. I welcome that distraction because it's really not a distraction. It's attending to the business at hand. So I think putting the cell phones aside, going out to dinner without them, just talking, being with each other, being with each other, attending to each other, asking questions, but more listening we have to overtly do these things. They don't seem to happen like maybe they did in previous generations. And we have to, so we have to block the distractions and really put our attention to, to what's happening. And I think that's, that's the real task, I think, of families now is mm-hmm. attending so we can strengthen the bonds, yeah, strengthen the bonds. And I think it happens in our prayer life. That's, we start our day with prayer where you get close to God. You get close to God and then he will allow us, I think, to be closer to, to others. And also, I think that first half hour in the morning, 
really focusing, it helps us, strengthens us to be more focused throughout mm-hmm. the day. And then at the end of the day, maybe we, we close with that. I think that same attention, the same attention we put into our prayer life, we want to put into our, the people we love, it's their family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I think I spoke with someone a few weeks ago and they had something where they had to drive somewhere. It was like a half an hour and their rule was they didn't use phones in the car. So they spent more time with their children on these drives to, for whatever the situation was. And they just said, yeah, we don't use phones in the car. It lets us have conversations. And it really, really grew close to their children in that way. I thought that was very, that was a very creative way of I think saying, so too. yeah. It's almost like to, 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 to get the bond stronger in our family, we have to do an offensive move and a defense. The defense is I'm not going to let the phone dictate everything. God knows when I put, put that phone in my hand and, and, and hit my whatever, I use the Google machine or Safari, oh, it's, it knows Bennett. It knows what I like. It knows my interest, and it's going to hit me hard. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I have to be defensive. I'm going to put the phone aside. It's just too powerful. And then the second is intentionally saying, tell me about your day. Tell me what's going on. Tell me how you're, how you're feeling. Tell me something about your, what's going on at school or your friendships or whatever, and just being radically listening. This builds the bond. It mm-hmm. builds the bond of the family. And you're a priest. You do funerals all the time. Isn't that all you hear? All you hear about in funerals are the bonds that were, that were developed, not the successes, mm-hmm. not the money. It's all about the bonds. So our family is really primary. Our primary responsibility for family is A, to build the bonds and B, to serve each other, to help each other. Whenever mm-hmm. we're doing those two things, but we can't be naive about distraction. We have to have overt defenses and offenses. <laughs> to pay attention mm-hmm. and uh, to really be in the present moment. Isn't that true? Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. Brother Lawrence and Jacques Philippe and all these threads of the so living in the present moment. It's also interesting too, in terms of anxiety, the present moment generally doesn't have anxiety. Anxiety is usually reserved for the past and the future. When we start thinking mm-hmm. about the future or the past, there the anxiety, there the fears come in. But when we're mm-hmm. really focused right now with what's in front of us, there's a certain amount of peace that comes from that. And maybe it's the virtue of faith. It might be the virtue of hope because everything that I'm getting right now, I'm talking to you right now, Father. We're talking to others. God is allowing it to happen. He's the creator of all this. He's supporting it all. And so we're in the present moment. We can actually be aware that God is supporting everything in front of me, everything before me. And then we're at our best. When we're anxious, we are pretty much into fight or flight. And that really restricts life too much. Whereas when we're in the present moment, then all the, all the homilies we've heard, the prayers we've said, the books we've read, the thinking we can do, can be so much more constructive. We can be much more present to our thoughts and our, our tasks and the people around us. The big change, though, in, in, in 2022 is we have to do that intentionally. We can just go back into it like maybe we could in previous eras. That's right. It's unless you're fighting against it. It can easily just become live a distracted life, as you mentioned. You had shared with me some time ago about the study about marriages and families are happier when they're connected to faith. Can you speak to that study? Yeah, there's quite a few studies on that, uh, Father. And these are not studies done by religious organizations. They're done by scientists, mostly sociologists. Uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, It's a book called What Mums Want. It's a British book. And they were Mm -hmm. just talking about how couples benefit so much by being with other couples who have faith. So having a mentoring couple that has faith, they say this is actually better than having a therapist. I mean, you might want to have a therapist, but that's a study mm-hmm. that just came out just recently too. And a lot of, it, a lot of these, these studies are trying to make a distinction between people who have faith and people who live their faith. They call those people devout. So devout means you're involved with your faith maybe two to four times a month. 
They found that married couples who frequently attend worship services have higher quality relationships than those who don't go to any services at all. So it's not just having faith, but it's living your faith. Couples who pray together enjoy greater relationship trust and higher relationship quality. So even saying a decade of the rosary together, even saying a Hail Mary together, that togetherness has tremendous impact not only on your faith, but on daily life. Say the Catholic Church in particular, homilies and, and the Eucharist and stuff, is there's always going to be a big emphasis on, on putting other people's needs and serving others that we get from the Gospels all the time. This improves quality of marriage as well. There's always going to be, if not overt, it's at least covert about the, the dangers of adultery. And, and adultery is still the biggest incident of divorce. So anytime mm-hmm. we're getting, now, let's be clear, let's be honest, Catholics are capable of being unfaithful. Uh, everybody is. Sure. But yeah. if you really attend to the Gospels and try your best, it can have a big impact on that. And have a big impact on being faithful. What a tremendous mm-hmm. boost to marriages, given unfaithfulness has such problems. People who go to church regularly have more meaning in their lives, and they tend to have more happiness. So there's so many studies out there showing that they also tend to be more willing to be married. You know, a lot of a lot of young people are saying, "That ain't for me. I don't want anything to do with marriage." And a lot of young people are saying, "I don't want anything to do with kids. No kids, no marriage." Right. And this right. is horrible. I mean, at least with the church, I think most Christian religions will say that the most richest thing in life is family and marriage in faith. Mm-hmm. But that has to be more than just understood. It has to be kind of lived. So practicing your faith is a tremendous antidote to the problems of our culture, but also it's an asset to keeping the bonds tighter and the service towards each other stronger. Wonderful. We're blessed to have Art Bennett with us. The topic today was hope and healing for marriage and families. Art, you are such a blessing and so much uh, great wisdom. <laughs> thank you for coming today. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you, Father, um, for all you do, and thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.